0: Hey everyone, John and Andrew here.
1: Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, Understanding Synchronicity.
0: Taking the church into the world.
1: And into the mystic.
0: This is Optical Course.
1: Roundtable edition. Andrew,
0: we got spiritual
1: today. We did. Yeah, and we... it was your idea. <laughs> I know. That... <laughs> is that shocking or what? Yeah. I, I mean, maybe I just wanted to understand a little bit more. I'm not, as you know, and our <laughs> listeners know, I'm not a particularly spiritual guy. Oh, no. But... Uh, you don't ooze it. I don't ooze spirituality, which is how you described one of our guests. Yes. We'll, we'll leave that to the, up to the mystery, yes. who that was. But, um, yeah, I'm not a, an oozer of spirituality, exactly. Oh. But the the really important thing, I think, about this conversation is we're not talking about religion exactly. We're talking about sure we explore the relationship between religion and spirituality but it would be erroneous of us to say like let's have a conversation about religion or spirituality and then only have 3 people on as if that gets all of the <laughs> yeah. perspectives yeah it was yeah it was a conversation about all of those things and and we just invited a few friends on to give you know a, a fraction of of the perspectives
0: yeah, definitely. And the point today wasn't to check all the boxes of all the various viewpoints and, and worldviews of the various religions throughout history or going on <laughs> today. <laughs> no. That's not gonna happen, right? And we still want to get, you know keep it to about twenty, thirty minutes per per person, which is very difficult. Yeah. Um but I think we managed quite well.
1: Yeah, so maybe we should back up a little yeah, bit back because up. round table edition we were having a a discussion on a singular topic, mm-hmm. which today was spirituality. Yeah. And getting inviting a few people on to give their own perspective and the the beautiful thing about this in my opinion is that it's just their perspective and not a single person listening out there nor you or I are gonna agree hundred percent with each person's perspective right. it's not gonna be in line with our own because we're all unique individuals and especially when it comes to a topic as like potentially divisive yeah. and broad as spirituality it's it's a little less divisive than maybe if we were talking about religion, yeah. because religion is like there's often, and this is one of the challenges with religion is there's often like truths that are associated with more concerned with right and wrong. Yeah, yeah, like that. this is the way. Yeah, kind of and thing. laws and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And as as one of our guests used the term "power over" a couple of times, that that whole perspective of religion, I've always had a, a strong dislike towards because the it's you know the the ruling class determines the religion and that's what they will enforce on um, their subjects or other cultures who they are dominating or, or whatever it looks like through mm. our glorious course of human history
0: well and when you phrase it like that it does sound pretty bad <laughs> it <does. laughs> and it turns out it is <laughs> yeah yeah it, but, it but at the same in... time we we did also um actually have my brother on yeah who is, is currently the pastor of a church um a a church a, a conservative church in south carolina or actually it's in virginia right now and and i guess technically you could lump that in with the religion crowd but but it was so interesting what what a beautiful conversation we had with with alan what was the fact that we didn't talk hardly at all about laws and commands and who's right and who's wrong and 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 all those kind of forms that we get stuck with with
1: religion well yeah and with uh, it, if anything it was how he has h- had some disconnect with those ideals those strict laws or this is the way that a christian should be and and this is how we've always done it so this is how we're going to do it um a part of him was misaligned with that um so yeah it's and i think there's a lot of that in our in our culture today in regards to religion so let, let's let us let us not suggest that the topic and the conversations were, were strictly about religion or, or even focused on them because really like we were talking to two people who had very little uh understand not understanding but um resonance with yeah. organized religion mm-hmm. uh, and one that was and and that's why we're trying to get a lot of views on
0: yeah and uh in fact we we had um we we're thinking about adding a fourth her name is I'm Hannah and um, we were going to have her on to share her very unique perspective and then once i finished sort of the pre-interview with her i realized there's absolutely no way in hell that we're going to be able to fit this into 20 minutes and,
1: in in hell or in any in, other or in heaven part, no matter what you or, or like
0: yeah hades what, or purgatory is that what you Yeah
1: whatever <laughs> whatever term for the afterlife that one might have <laughs> reincarnation yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly and so she's going to be coming on in a few weeks, and and sharing her. Um, her she, she's. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I mean, she's she's done pr- pilgrimages. She's she's um, had some profound experiences in Brazil, and and it's going to be it's going to be a cool um, addition or just continuing this conversation.
1: So you started the conversation by being. Yeah. You said like Andrew, we got spiritual, and you wanted to do it, and that's weird. So yeah, I. I have not had an experience in religion or really being that spiritual. And for myself, as Shauna especially was speaking about understanding your own spirituality and, and coming to terms with that, I became more aware of the, the connection to nature and, and that sense of spirituality. Cause mm-hmm. it, it is, if, if I were to come up with a definition of spirituality right now, it's about connecting with something greater. Right. And, for me, when I'm off in the woods, looking at the ocean, on a hike, whatever it might be, that's when I get that sense of, of calm and stillness and connection. And when I've worked on meditating and, and trying to practice that, which is definitely tied to spirituality in in, in a lot of people's lives and in a lot of traditions, um, it is it is that connection to nature and connection to kind of the world as a whole that that I'm trying to tune in with. So um and that is very, very much a, a learning process and, and something that's new in my experience, but I'm working on it and and it's definitely adding to my life. So I've come from a place of basically zero spirituality and I don't know what that exactly looks like, but it's probably a lot of individualism and, and working on a place where it's connection to something that's um, that's bigger.
0: Well, and what's interesting is you find deep connection um, in nature, which isn't necessarily with like you didn't say with people, you know what I mean, but with nature. Mm-hmm. And so I'd I'd almost be curious to, d- to kind of dig into that a little bit. About what is it with what is it with the you know the beautiful ocean or the or the mountains or when you're walking through through the forest that gives you that connection that perhaps you know being with people doesn't.
1: Yeah. And I would say, it's just a different sense of depth and connection because at, at the same time, I, when we get like obviously it, I, the connection I have with you and our podcast guest, is, I wasn't I wasn't fishing for that. <laughs> I, I, let, let it be known, I really wasn't fishing. For that. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see. Who knows? It's something dig- deeper.
0: No, but I was just curious that that was your first thought is like it, the the nature, and a lot of people say that you're not alone at all. I've said yeah. that too,
1: but. and it's it is that that sense of wholeness that I get and Mm. for sure like experiences with people brings a sense of connection Mm -hmm. but but not as much spirituality I would say yeah
0: yeah that's interesting do you do you have any idea why I know you're probably just thinking about it right now (laughs) yeah yeah it's interesting because I've said the same thing you know as I've I've walked away from the form of, of my spirituality and how being on the mountain or being in those places really gives you something that I never got from church, or I never got from, you know, being in a crowd of people.
1: Yeah. But so one one thing I would say is, and I, I was doing some readings on stoicism recently, oh. and uh, a sense of stillness mm. is important, and that sense of stillness, you, I don't really get amongst others in a in a crowd or even in a conversation. Right. And yeah. and that stillness is is when we're kind of. Reaching within ourselves and and finding something deeper. And and I think that's what I would say is that um, That connection and and part of where that comes from
0: Mm, Love it For me, it's when I when I'm able to forget myself And that's a tall order for somebody who likes mirrors. Yeah, right. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's a tall order but when I when I can truly forget myself or or lose myself um, in a moment um, I almost wanted to just go with the Eminem song there, but, um, Probably but it better you didn't No, yeah. Uh, and, and I still might, <laughs> but, but when I can truly, you know, we, we talk about flow and things like that flow to me is a very spiritual term mm-hmm. when I, when I lose myself in whatever I'm doing, I mean, it could be with a person like, like I've said, I've been on the record saying every Wednesday when we record, I feel like I'm in flow for mo- for most of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I feel like that was a spiritual thing and I feel like that's why I want to continue to do it because it's one of those rare places where I feel that, um, when I'm doing something that perhaps, um, I'm using my unique gifts to bring joy to somebody else. That's another place where I feel deeply spiritual. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I guess, you know, and I already talked about the nature when, when, when I'm up on a mountain, I'm not worried about, you know, all those little tiny worries that, And neuroticisms that plague your life.
1: Absolutely. And so,
0: yeah. And forgetting myself.
1: Yeah. And the amazing thing. And the reason we're having this conversation is because people's understandings and definitions of spirituality are all completely diverse and amazing and, and personal. So for, for you, that understanding of spirituality is, is something that isn't going to perfectly align up with others. But when we can, hear about others' perspectives, it might add to our own ability to understand it if, you know, we're inclined to do so. Which, for myself, I think a, having a more spiritual understanding, connecting with things that are greater than, than myself will add to my ability to be, to be a, a thriving, useful person.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. I, I Hats off to you, man, that, That's for coming up with this idea and and for for leading these kind of conversations because you know we've talked in podcasts before about these kind of conversations don't seem to happen as much anymore people are too worried about getting into trouble They, they feel like there's no safe space to really share what they really think and and we're hoping that by having more of these kinds of conversations these round tables that we can invite more conversation where people can sit at the same table with different views and that's okay yeah and, and so maybe listeners if you'd like to um, come on our social media and give us um, ideas of roundtable topics that you'd like us to talk about in the future then uh, we'll we'll gather some people or um, and, and and continue the conversation because it's yeah this was fun
1: yeah sounds like a plan man all right let's do it enjoy
0: What I just realized, Andrew. What I just had an Advil. Yeah, isn't that ironic? Yeah, it's gonna get loopy. Literally, the last time I had an Advil in my life was when you were on here, <laughs> and I just never made that correlation till right now. Mm. That is so weird.
1: It's oh. not Jill that requires you the, to take Advil, no, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, oh damn, just, that Jill Lawrence. I gotta take some. I drugs just see to her face, her. and she's like, just do it. <laughs> no. cool. Well, welcome back, Jill we are uh we're we're thrilled to have you back and um it's nice to see your face even from afar um but uh you're part of the obstacle course family, and it's always good to have family back in town
2: hmm absolutely I'm honored to be here again, thank you, and a topic I'm so passionate about so it's it's an honor to be here
1: perfect, and something that we didn't really cover off the first time we started chatting
2: mm-hmm yeah yeah
1: so yeah, today's roundtable discussion is around spirituality and the, the place we wanted to start is if you could just describe your current relationship with spirituality and, and, and perhaps your background with spirituality as well.
2: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, I'm going to start at the beginning because I feel like it will complete where I'm at now. I grew up in a family that was not religious. My parents um, didn't have any sort, well, I should say my mom grew up in a Catholic environment that turned sour. So when I was a child, um, she didn't want any sort of a a Catholic um, education for us um, just because her experience was so negative. Um, So I grew up and I remember being in grade three or four and saying, I'm an atheist and having Hmm. like no idea what that meant, (laughs) only that I didn't believe in, um, you know, God or being Catholic or Christian in any particular way. Um, and then uh, my husband, marrying into his family, they're very Christian. And so that was my first really big experience uh, with God and God as the Christian um, faith believes him to be in the Bible. Um, And once we had our first child, then uh, we decided that we would go to church and we became very heavily involved in the church. Um, a Presbyterian church. It was a great experience. It was awesome learning more about that particular God, I will say. Um, I became the director of the children's ministry, running Sunday school. Um, And then kind of one day I was like, "Uh, I don't know if I actually believe in this God. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I feel like I should probably tell someone. (laughs) So um, I just kind of we slowly stopped going to church um, not for that specific reason only Um, it was also because our children both had separation anxiety and getting them to stay in Sunday school became difficult Um, and then through that um, I became back on that hunt of okay well now I know that this is not the God I believe in so what God do I believe in and it actually took many years to figure out what that meant my mom was always a spiritual person um, believing that there was something But I honestly believe that through my childhood, she wasn't even 100% sure what it was. So she couldn't necessarily articulate that to me. Uh, And it wasn't until I had like a massive health scare that I got this huge whap in the face and started really digging down into who am I and what is the purpose of being here and why am I doing what I'm doing? uh, And just came to this incredible place of finally understanding exactly why I'm here what my purpose is and uh, where i'm going
1: so i'm super curious about that because i think there's a lot of people in that situation who maybe aren't sure what to believe in terms of spirituality or faith but also like their own sense of self so can you describe maybe the process of of making that discovery and then and and what that discovery was
2: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I felt for a long period of time, like probably a couple of years, this like tapping, like an irritation of like, you need to slow down, you can't keep doing what you're doing, focus more on yourself. And I would hear these things, but I wouldn't necessarily listen. And I got to the point of having a couple of massive mental breakdowns, like I couldn't get out of bed. And I was like, I don't want to face the day. What is the point of living? I don't get it. Like, it's literally my children and my husband that are keeping me alive right now, because I don't understand why I'm here. Uh, and then uh, I was telling John, actually, I was on Cobble Hill, and I had this overwhelming feeling of um, needing to go to the doctor, and I got back to my car, and there was actually a message on my answering machine from the doctor, you need to come in for uh, like a routine visit, and I was like, well, that's kind of weird. I should probably not ignore this, mm-hmm. uh, so I went in to the doctor, and um, a couple of weeks later found out that I had uh, precancer cells on my cervix, and not only that, but there are different levels of precancer, which I never understood what precancer meant, but now I know. Um, there are cells that basically at any given time can turn into cancer because they're abnormally shaped, but at any given time, they can also turn back into a regular cell. Um, but these were all the stage three of this is that it's through all three layers of tissue through the cervix. Uh, And the message to me was loud and clear. It was, you are wearing yourself out in such a huge way and not taking care of yourself that if this continues on, you won't have the option of whether or not you want to live. Your life will be taken from you. And I was like, whoa, like, can we just back up here? Like, I have a lot of stuff that I want to accomplish. And at times I may be confused about why I'm here and feel like there's no purpose to all of this. But I don't necessarily want to die. Like I don't want my life to be taken from me. Um, and then through the course of um, there's like a procedure I had to go through and downtime and resting. I just filled my brain with information on um, spirituality and the direction that I felt like I was being called to. And in that time, so many questions were answered for me through get this, my intuition.
3: <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm, that mm. sounds familiar.
2: I know, right? <laughs> Bringing it all
1: back. So in terms of the spirituality that you looked to in that time, can you be more specific on on what that was? Was it a a certain philosophy? Was it it a connection with something greater? If you could give us some specifics there.
2: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So I'm going to start with a word called synchronicity. And synchronicity is all of the things that we call flukes. And I believe that there's no such thing as a fluke. Uh, that these synchronicities are brought into our life on purpose. So it would be, for example, at the beginning, something like someone mentions a book to me, and then I happen to walk past the book when I'm shopping in the grocery store, and then someone delivers the book to my door, or I see an ad for it uh, while I'm scrolling my Facebook. Um, All of these things are a sign that I'm supposed to read that book, and then I read the book, and there's a message in there that resonates with me more than anything else. And so much of it was that I need to focus more on myself and what makes me happy. And when I do that, it literally makes my light shine brighter and that makes other people's lights also shine brighter.
0: So Jill the question I had for you was um, when you got the cancer diagnosis or the cancer cell diagnosis, um, it almost seemed like there was a link there between almost a spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. And so what I was wondering was, did, did this diagnosis or this fear awake something that was already there or usher you to a place where you could experience something new?
2: I think that it was something that was already there and being like a curiosity that I had always had, but it felt kind of like maybe hokey or like hippie or something I just didn't like fully understand because a lot of it, it doesn't feel like tangible for lack of a better word. And so... In these synchronicities happening and this information coming to me, a lot of it was just trusting that, like, this feels really good. Like, I totally resonate with that. Or like, no, actually, I don't think I really do believe in that. Uh, Like going to church, for example, there was a lot of really great things in it. But when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, I don't believe in that God. I believe in a God that has so much love and only wants the best for us. And there is no punishment or buying your way into heaven. I don't believe in hell. Um, and I feel like the information that comes at me, I use my intuition to sort it and to be able to figure out what is best going to serve me and the people that are immediately around me.
1: So what would you say your take is on, on the connection or the necessity of connection between spirituality and and organized religion, whether it is your experience with christianity or or organized religion as a whole,
2: mm, that is an awesome question I'm going to start with the power of prayer because that is one thing that I did not understand for the majority of my life. So at church, our pastor would say things like, "You know this family is really struggling, and if you could support them by driving them to the hospital or donating some money so they can you know get a taxi to the hospital." or prayer. If you can't give time or money, just give them prayer. And I'm like, (laughs) Like, what? That's not the same. You can't just think about them and they're going to be okay. And then there was a man in our church who had cancer and he was going to die. And they knew more people than I could ever imagine in my life. They know more people around the world and they had prayer chains and prayer groups going and going and going. And this man ended up being completely 100% cured of cancer. And he is like, live in his best life and I was like hmm okay well there is like something about this prayer and what I believe now is that our thoughts are what control what happens in our reality so basically I am like a magnet for my own reality and the things I think show up in some shape way or form in my reality the more people that think or pray about the same thing the more powerful it becomes whether it be positive or negative. So the more people that were thinking about healing this man and the more he was praying for himself, the more power that specific situation happened. And it's, again, the same for negative things, like I don't even want to talk about him, but like Donald Trump, for example, the more negative things he does, the more people are talking about what he's doing, the larger the influence um, that has to happen because there's just so much power behind all the minds that are thinking about that specific thing.
0: So the connection between prayer and healing has, has been one of debate for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And um, what would you say to, to the people listening who said, yeah, I, I did pray and my spouse still died and my mm. child still died. And I did think about them. And I, our, in fact, our whole church prayed. In fact, I had prayer warriors all all across the world praying for them and they still died tragically. What mm. would you say to people who had have given up on prayer as a means of perhaps... Um, bringing a a kind of healing into your life
2: I have this mantra that I use that is everything is happening exactly as it's supposed to happen and it is very similar I know to everything happens for a reason I believe that that saying is overused and under misunderstood Um, The everything happens as it's supposed to happen means that there is a higher plan and a higher purpose for all of us that we are not necessarily meant to understand. And someone losing their spouse or losing their child um, may have been prevented from prayer and from people coming together, thinking positively about their healing. But there may be a larger lesson that we are all meant to learn from that situation happening that we can't quite understand. But because everything coming from the spiritual world comes from a place of love and harmony, that the pain that we feel from the loss of a loved one can be healed through additional prayer, through not giving up, through believing that now that person is in a better place and we very soon will be with them because what we're in is a in time
1: so w- one of the things that i've've've uh, list- I've heard from you is that in terms of creating this set of beliefs that that um, that you've found you you took a fair amount of time and, and it's a fairly recent um, revelation for you i I'm, I'm wondering what um, what it took to or or what your process was like for really um, creating that that sense of belief because I one one thing that i think people struggle with a lot is is finding belief is is really like getting that faith and i'm just wondering if you could shed some light on on really how that happened for you and, and what it what it took or or what some of the learning process looked like
2: mm-hmm, absolutely um it felt like It's so, again, I feel like this is an overused term of like a spiritual awakening, but that is what it felt like. It felt like for the first time in my life, I have found information that completely and utterly resonates with me. And I believe that that can happen on many different levels. Like I do feel like the church has its place and the people that are there are building this amazing community of support for each other and that they are just as entitled to their opinion of what spirituality is as I am to the opinion that I have. And it came in like droves of information of me just wanting to read and wanting to listen to podcasts. And I would start on a YouTube channel of something that resonated with me. And then it would just like automatically flip to another video afterwards of something that resonated with me even more. Um, And it feels like there's so much information that I can tap into uh, that lights me up. And that is the absolute most important factor is that I feel like I kept searching and searching and searching until I find like, it took me into my thirties to find something that I believed in that lights me up and it wants me to be here and it wants me to contribute to society and help other people find things that light them up. And it's just, it's the most amazing feeling. And it's not that I never have a bad day and I walk around the happiest person on earth. In fact, the first half of yesterday was an amazing day and I got to have coffee with John and I got to visit with some friends and I got so much work done. The second half of the day, uh, stuff hit the fan and there was two really terrible situations that happened and I ended up leaving my office crying and was like, how did this day become like this? This was the worst day. And on my drive home, I was like, no, no, it wasn't the worst day. If I believe it was the worst day and find all the things in it that sucked, then I'm just bringing more of that suckiness into my life for tomorrow.
0: Hearing your very, very like succinct story here. um, One thing that stood out to me was the uniqueness of how you said when you're I think you're an eight year old or grade three, I'm an atheist, Mm -hmm. you know, and then into your 30s, you sort of found not religion, but you found sort of that higher consciousness or Mm -hmm. that or that spirituality. And, and it seems to almost work the opposite for most people is, is uh, they're, they're raised in some sort of church or religion and then they walk away from it and they perhaps never return to it. And so it's mm-hmm. interesting to see you kind of go in the opposite way like that. Um, and, um, and and I think, you know, I see it on your face. It's so real to you mm-hmm. and, and perhaps perhaps it's real to you because you found it as opposed to being given to you, perhaps even forced down your throat perhaps, you know, being given to you with strings attached, uh, very scary strings like hell Mm -hmm. and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we're your parents, you must, you must come to church, like all these strings that, that perhaps, you know, turn you away from maybe wanting to turn to it. Mm -hmm. And and in your, you know, now, now you're in your thirties and you're having true human experiences, both terrifying and, and, and joyful. um, Now you on your own terms can reach out to this source or this, we have so many words for it, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're avoiding saying God because it it it, uh, it it brings a lot of baggage, I think. <laughs> yeah, know? it can absolutely. Um, but but this this thing that I think we're all talking about, this thing beyond ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Go that's ahead. the interesting thing about what you say is that there's so many different words that all mean the same thing. Yeah. Whether it's your intuition or your gut feeling or God or Source or Universe, like to me, they all mean exactly the same thing. And it's just a higher power that we believe in uh, to guide us to do the right thing, to be good humans, to help Mm -hmm. each other out. And the basis of all of them is love. Mm -hmm. And it's just living from a place of love and not a place of fear. And if you can live from that place of love as much as you possibly can, then all it does is bring more love into your life.
0: Well, and Andrew loves the word mindset. And as Mm -hmm. as do I, Mm -hmm. and, and just also from your story, it it almost seemed like you're connecting mindset with the spirituality. Like Mm -hmm. mindset can be spiritual in itself Mm -hmm. because you're, you're changing your thoughts and, and even your intentions towards a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, what's more spiritual than that. And so just, Mm -hmm. just that idea that a mindset is a spiritual choice is interesting. And
2: I find it so fascinating that the default feels like negative. Negativity like it feels like it's so much easier to be like that day sucked. I hated this day It was the worst day. I hate those people I don't want to go back to work tomorrow and like why is that the default because eventually and it didn't take me that long This time eventually I was like no this day wasn't bad and those situations are because of those people's opinions I don't actually share that opinion and I'll respect their decision and their opinion but I'm not going to share that opinion because mine is different and that's okay
3: Mm
1: -hmm. awesome well i i want to express some gratitude because spirituality is it's one of those kind of um stigmatized Mm -hmm. concepts or or conversations and especially when speaking about your own relationship um so thank you for that um it it does take courage to to share and uh, I really appreciated the, the connections coming back to intuition and as well, the, the correlations between intuition and something greater than ourselves. Because mm-hmm. often when we think of intuition, it's just like, oh, no, that's us. That's, you know, my gut feeling. But the, the whole idea of getting in touch with your gut and like your true self is actually um, making that connection with something greater. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really useful perspective and, and definitely enlightening for me. So, um, yeah, thanks for... Thanks for opening this up and, and being our first guest on on our roundtable discussion here, on our first ever roundtable discussion.
0: Mm. This is yeah, awesome. Yeah,
2: very exciting. Thank
0: you. <laughs> and uh, we did pretty well. I mean, it's been about 20 minutes. We thought we could never be so short. Well, I didn't think I could. <laughs> U- Usually my intros are 30, 20 minutes. But uh, <laughs> before we let you go, Jill, um, I think the listeners are, would probably like an update on on the prognosis or the of where you're at with your health.
2: Oh, absolutely. Because yes, we did absolutely. sort of put that out there and without, we without kind so we of never came back. closing <laughs> that,
0: they might be like, what's
2: going on? Is she all right? Yes, so. yes, I am. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so the prognosis is that the doctors believe that they have, um, through the procedure that I had, that they got all the cells. My intuition tells me that I'm going to worry about this until the end of my life if I don't um, get a hysterectomy. So uh, I've had many synchronicities that have confirmed for me that I really do feel passionately about having a hysterectomy um, to be 100% certain that um, the organs that the bogus cells were in are gone. Um, So in a couple of weeks, I actually go in to have a hysterectomy. I have two beautiful children. My baby making organs have served their purpose (laughs) and uh, I am 100% confident in my decision.
1: Well, thank you for, yeah, making that clear. And is bogus cells, is that a, a medical term or is that it something? totally is. Yeah. It is, yeah.
3: <laughs> wow. Okay, well,
1: I learned something today. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, all, all the best for you, Jill. And thanks for, thank again, you. bringing your, your positive nature and, and warmth to the podcast.
2: Yeah, thank you for the opportunity again. I'm so excited to hear this one. It's such an honor to be on. So thanks.
0: Thanks, Jill my brothers on the podcast what <laughs> <laughs> this is so awesome yeah folks uh, my brother alan close is joining us for the for this discussion on spirituality and uh so alan why don't you just start off by by talking about your current relationship you have with with spirituality
4: you know i, I think um Spirituality is, is very much an, an ongoing process for anybody, um, no matter how they're coming at their spirituality. And, and I, I did want to commend y'all because I have seen in your podcast with Obstacle Course that you, you are moving in a spiritual direction. And I commend that because um, we, we all have a spiritual dimension, and, and I think it's worthwhile talking about it. Um no matter what you've got to say um my my own spirituality has changed a lot. um If you were to talk to me a year ago, I think my answers would be a lot different um but i have I have been exploring you know my own spirituality a lot even in the last six months and have have come to find some some places where where God is bigger than I thought. And I like that. Um, i I was very dissatisfied with the God that fit within my systems and fit within my lists and my rules and and maybe that's Christian talk, maybe that's church talk, but but in the churches of Christ where that I'm have been a part of my whole life, um, we have these systems and we have steps and rules and we have these sort of ways that you're allowed to worship. And you know when you walk into church, there's a lot of unwritten rules. And I think those affect your spirituality, that you start seeing God as the God of, of your rules and your the box that you have him in. And just it just, you know over the years, God has in many ways kind of kicked out that box out of my heart. To where I realize, oh my goodness, you know, he's he's so much bigger than I thought. Um, so, you know, I mean, I just think of some of the ways that that God has touched me spiritually, and you know, the miracle of birth, you know, to watch, you know, my son Luke be born, and you you just you realize where did that come from, mm-hmm. and it's it's just incredible that life has been created and a person is now on this earth that didn't used to be. And uh, even I, I think about the love that my, that my wife has for me and the miracle of that, that she can love me through the ups and downs of life. Um, and I think maybe the thing that has most changed in, in my own spiritual life is, is prayer. And that's what's gotten bigger. There was there was a part of me that I had a list I had a list and I had a group of men that that we we, we prayed every day and then we would we would text each other to say hey I, you know I prayed today and um, I just became like a slave to my list and I would just go through this list with God be with this guy be with this guy be with this guy and then I could tell them hey I prayed for you and and now I've moved away from that um much more time where I just, I, I be with God. And somebody described it this way, that, that prayer grows from praying at God to talking with God to listening to God to being with God. And that progression, and I'm, I'm on that progression.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And the talking at God is one of the things I just despise and i can see it in myself and when i see it in myself i just i just don't like it that to me doesn't seem like spirituality that seems like religion and you are doing this religious thing and somehow god is going to respond to this thing you did and you can even say all right i'll see you in the morning or you know like a lot of christendom we'll see you next sunday
1: that's yeah it's it's um... Wonderful illustration, and I'm wondering: is the what I hear from the talking at God perspective? It seems to be kind of selfish and uh, like your your own agenda, rather than kind of being in touch or or an understanding of something greater. Is is that is that how you would imagine? I think
4: it? your own agenda is a great word. Um, yes, and. You're talking to the God of the universe. You're talking to the creator of heaven and earth. You're, you're talking to the God that is, that is bigger than Christianity, that's bigger than the Church of Christ, that's bigger than me as pastor, that's um, bigger than our understanding of him. Um, yes, and here I am telling him, okay, God, here's the things you need to do today. And <laughs> yeah. here's kind of when you need to do them. And here's the people you need to pay attention to. Um, yeah, yeah, that just, that just seem that doesn't seem spiritual at all. That does not stir my soul. Um, yeah, so i I'd like to say I've grown past that.
0: But Alan, I, th- I think one of the greatest obstacles or challenges you must face, um, in your relationship with God is there's, there's the part where it's you and God. And then there's the part where it's your job as a pastor to, um, help other people. And in some ways you're, you're paid at some points to talk, of, to talk to God at church and then during, during worship services. And so there's that part that's there, but then there's this other part that, that, that you are, you articulated so well, that's personal and deep and real. How do you, how do you walk in both those worlds?
4: Yeah, no, that's a great question, John. Um, and you know i think you know that because you've done it some yourself and um it's hard it's it's hard when you are at a particular place spiritually and the congregation that you lead is at another place mm-hmm. or at least some of it is and and that all my all my my 32 years of ministry has has been an issue and you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of dark nights, right, that, that, we, that we live through. Mm-hmm. And part of it is, is, you know, I believe we live in a fallen world. And I'm part of that sickness, you know, the, the sickness that the world is trying to overcome. And we're trying to find ways, you know, for society to move forward and to get better. And um, I just believe that, that we weren't getting better. We weren't about to solve things. Even, even in the Bible, it, they, they kept writing laws. And somehow if we just write one more law, then we're finally going to get it. And I think sometimes as nations, we just feel like we can just get the right politicians in they get the right policies and the right laws, then suddenly everybody's going to start being nice to each other. And I, I just, I just don't think it happens. So, so there is this dissonance in yes, between me and my congregation, but it's a dissonance inside of me as well, mm-hmm. you know, and even, you know, to think about some of the dark nights, you know, John, and you know, you had mentioned in your podcast about your faith, that the accident that took place in, in Abilene, Texas, where, where you know it was my mother and, and my sister and, and our aunt mm-hmm. that, were, that were killed, and you know I, I was in my 30s when I dealt with that. It happened when I was five, and I dealt with it in my 30s and 40s, mm-hmm. and it took it took a lot of time, and I, I guess somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 15 years mm. of of working through that. Um and I really only got free from some of the terrible monkeys that were on my back when my when I was able to bring my faith into it. and um you know, and then there's been other things, you know, like we were in Lexton, South Carolina for eighteen years, and then, you know got pushed out is is the way I would put it. And it just, it seemed to me for very unfair reasons. Um, And that, that left scars that left real scars for me. And I, so, you know, it's not really just dissonance between me and the church. It's distrust. Mm -hmm. I have been left with this sense of distrust and, and any time I'm around church people, I'm just kind of waiting for the other shoe to fall. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, have, um, I have a question, Alan. Yes. Um, do you f- feel that spirituality needs to be tied to organized religion?
4: 100%. Um, without spirituality, religion becomes very empty. And I would say it becomes lost. Because religion, I mean the church, is supposed to be people that identify themselves as followers of Christ. And so uh, a Christian word would be disciples. The, and disciples means that you are a follower of Christ and you, you walk where he walks, you, you think like he thinks, you act like he acts. And without spirituality, It just becomes a system it just becomes rules written and unwritten it just becomes you you come to this building and do your thing and then your thing is over and it's like you shake hands everybody tell them goodbye and you basically tell god like i said we'll see you next sunday have a good week and here we come again yeah and and and,
1: and that was the part that that became almost like you became almost a prisoner to all those those rules and and the systems and in in terms of the other way around in terms of do you f- feel that to be spiritual someone needs to be practicing in in an organized religion
4: no no and and like maybe this is an answer that would be that would have been different a year ago no um i this is where I you know walk out on a limb just a little bit here but but I feel like there are ideal ways to connect with God and there are ways that he kind of laid out for us and said, you know, here's how you connect with me. I think he did that doing us a favor so that we wouldn't we just wouldn't be wandering out wondering, you know, I want to connect with God, but I have no idea how. But I think we've sort of turned that into a system and just felt like, okay, this is the only way. And that God is tied to his book, the Bible, and God will have to answer to the Bible. And the truth is God cannot be contained in a book any more than he can be ta- can contained in a building and he can be contained in a person even though he is in the book the, the I, he is in the building he is in the person but he's not he's not contained and so you know even even in the bible there's a story where they they brought this woman that that supposedly they had caught committing adultery And they brought her and threw her before Jesus and said, the law says we should kill her. What do you say? And I think they felt like we got you because you're trapped by the Bible. We have the law. We have the words of God and boom. And Jesus basically said, I mean, this is where he he said, I think a a quote that's now famous. Let him who was without sin cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. That's, That's when Jesus said it. And and it says that they left the old people first down to the young people eventually realized we've been had, you know, he got us. Mm-hmm. But I think what Jesus was saying is you're 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 tying everything to this book, to this code. And God is love. And that is also one thing that in my own personal life I, I I'm I'm beginning to 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 try to understand, and so you know, you can have Christians that that will that will go around the world and and chastise people and say, "You're out. You're not. You're not in. God doesn't love you." And in the extreme, okay, this is extreme, but but we would be the group from Kansas that holds up the signs that says, "God hates fags," mm-hmm. which is an abomination. It's in a ab- God would. God must just be sick that somebody would quote him to be saying that when he's saying the exact opposite. I love people more than you, more than you realize. So I don't know if I'm answering your question or not. No, that's great.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I I think, I think a place maybe to to, to head to Alan uh, as a way to kind of begin to draw things to a bit of a close, unfortunately um, is, is the, you know, you said something I think that was really important about the church going on the road and talking about, you know, you hate when the church is just contained to the Bible and you talked about how God's not contained to the church, nor should the church be contained to the church, nor should Christians be contained to the church. So you go out on the road, so to speak. And and, and what I think you mean by that is like you go out where the actual people are that need the message and you, and you serve. And and maybe you could share a, a way that, that you, you're doing that as you, with your church and also a way that you're doing that in your personal life.
4: Yeah, OK. Well, yeah, well, thanks, John. You know, um, in South Carolina, you know, I had a college group that met in my house and it would be, I don't know, 30 college students and we often just, just went somewhere or to somebody's house, but here in, here in Virginia now, it's a little bit different. And one of the main ways that, that I, um, practice my spirituality is at the gym. Yeah. You know, I'm, a am in the CrossFit cult, you know, and I'm very, very dedicated yep. and, um, You know started having these spiritual workouts and it it began with an easter workout that i had written that's based on the 14 stations of the cross which is kind of a religious i think it's really catholic
3: Mm
0: -hmm.
4: thing and so the workout is based on that and and what i do is the workout and the spirituality are tied together
0: but you can still swear right (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't swear during CrossFit?
4: Actually, it's funny you say that because, yes, we get people. And um, you wouldn't think part of a spiritual workout would include F-bombs, but there have been guys dropping them. So (laughs) not really part of my plan. But but, um, it it goes with what I'm trying to say here, and that is I think spirituality is meant to be part of, of all of our life. Mm-hmm. And and I think of your your interview with the the guy in the cave that spent the night in the cave yeah. and you know it's he said that he talked to his he talked to his mother and his father who were dead and he talked to God who he didn't believe in mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's God is not um he's not limited to these places that's why you can go to the gym and you can have spiritual workouts and we have just started Um, having church at the gym once a month. Hmm. And it's just a very informal worship service. And people from the gym come, and it's really meant to to aim at people that have, probably that already have faith, but they are not connected to a church. Um, And and I just just love this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, our Our church men's group and the gym, Joined together to help. um, There was a a single mother at at the gym that needed a ton of work done on her yard. And at first the church was going to do it. But when I went and saw the work, it's like, no way. We can't even come close. And then we decided, well, why don't we team up with the gym? Hmm. And it just it just worked perfect. It's I mean, awesome. there was yeah. 50 people descending on this yard and some of them were from the church and some of them were from the gym and nobody cared. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt like God was glorified from both. And uh, that's that's what I like. I, I like it. And, and I really think this is the kind of stuff that it makes the church relevant
3: hmm. when
4: we hide in the building and we we, we it's almost like a political rally. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, a politician will go to their p- political rallies and everything they say, everybody agrees yeah. and mm. cheers them on. And that's Christianity can very much be that way.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And we say these things and we say these things and, and we use these names, you know, code names about people like Lost and, you know, uh, the world and, and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, we all agree. Yeah. <laughs> but. It just it just makes you ir- irrelevant because mm-hmm. you're kind of hiding in this box. Um,
1: so Alan, I've, I have one one more question for for myself at least. And just observing as you're speaking with such passion and, and emotion, um, and also it seems at times it, with with some pain or, or anguish in terms of your relationship with perhaps your own sp- spirituality or, or religion, um, that, that because of some of the things that you've been through of late and, and the transformation that you've seen in the past year to two years. And I, I know that's a a feeling that, that many people have had towards faith or, or religion or or spirituality. And and so my question is I'm curious how you might be able to move to a place of more peace with with that and and other people might be able to use that learning for themselves as well
4: yeah that's a great question and a great observation about me um i think you're you're spot on um i do carry pretty high level of anxiety um i do think there's there's sort of an angst to me there is sort of a dissatisfaction and and sometimes i would call it a holy dissatisfaction but other times I would call it like um, it's kind of a phantom stress that I get. And I, I do think, you know, some of the things in my past, including the accident, you know, when I was five, where, you know, my whole family is gone. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember in the counseling that the, the counselor kind of did this hypnosis thing with me and he took me back in time to the funeral. And, and somewhere in that discussion, he said to me, well, where is everybody? And I said, they're all in heaven. And he said, how does that make you feel? And I just, I just lost it and said, it's not fair. They all left me. What kind of a mother leaves her son and goes off to heaven to be in paradise while I sit here? And you know, that, I mean, in, 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 in respect to my mother, she didn't mean to, you know, and but so there's that. And, you know, you know, the, the church in South Carolina that, you know, the way that ended, you know, and how hurtful that was. Um, those scars. Um, yeah. But I do think. Part of part of my struggle is to connect with the love of God. And I think even as I am be, be, being more gracious to people, understanding that God loves sinful people, okay, which you want to call it that, are people that, that pay him no mind, are people that have created these terrible messes in their lives. If God loves those people, and, and if, if once I start accepting that, I'm able to start accepting that he actually loves me, because I have messes in my life that I created too.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And, um, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't know if we're ready to end or not, but, you know, I, I just kind of wanted to end with this, where it says, you know, this is, this is out of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, and it says, I heard, a, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. You know, I, that's my hope. And I, I have this hope that I, that I need and I need, obviously, I need to learn to be able to, to relax into it and to lean into it. Stop being so anxious. I know God has told me so many times, stop being so anxious. And I think even sometimes at night, maybe when I can't sleep, I think God says to me, Alan, go to sleep. You know, I got it. I got this world. I, I, I had it before you were born. I'll have it after you die. And you know, those are the things that that my life revolves around, and and even here in the in the the very um, not not long ago, the last few months, where I feel like I have looked into that darkness that is God, that expanse that is God, and I and I've done it in in prayer and different prayer exercises, and it's it's my favorite thing on earth. There, it's the thing I I think I love the most, and I. And I share with anybody and everybody that will listen to me that, and this is what I was talking about, that God is bigger. He's bigger than my list. And it is that darkness or that expanse, uh, the silence of God. I have learned to um, be okay with, and different people have taught me in really, really simple ways. Even one of the coaches at the gym just after one of our spiritual workouts, it didn't really have an ending for it. And she just said, I want everybody to just to lay down on the floor and be with God. And so we did. <laughs> and that is part of that expanse in that where you, you can look into the the void and realize that, that God is there and he's very loving. Mm-hmm. And, and if I was going to close with anything, I think that's what I would want to close with.
1: Perfect. Well, let's, let's allow that. And, and uh, yeah, thank you for, for sharing that emotion and, and vulnerability and, and um, yeah, it it was, it was touching and and a pleasure to be part of.
4: Thank y'all. I really do. I thank you for this opportunity. This is, this has been good for me. Um, I do appreciate the work y'all do. Um, I know you care about it and you're passionate about it. And you, you are growing and I, I commend you for that. And I I can see and hear the growth.
0: Thanks, Keep big going. brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Shauna Jans, welcome back to the podcast. We are thrilled to have you on, even though uh, even though you're not here in person this time as you were last time, but um, regardless, wonderful to see you again and uh excited to have this conversation as you know we're talking about spirituality and what how we'd like to open is just if you want to describe your current relationship how spirituality currently shows
5: up in your life yeah beautiful thanks for having me here how does spirituality show up in my life well I feel like spirituality shapes my life and has deepened my understanding of what it means to be human. Um, That expression to be a spirit having a a human experience rather than a human having a spiritual experience, that really resonates with me. I I feel like throughout my life, I've had um, a strong connection with the divinity that i know and the divinity you know divinity can be whatever it is of your own understanding but for me spirit and spirituality and that connection has been with me for whatever reason since i was a childhood and and spirituality has informed and influenced how it is i think about being human and at the the image i get is that for me spirituality and spirit is life force and life force finding exquisite expression in all these different ways in the world. And so for me, spirituality is about how do I, in this form, as Shauna Louise Jans, come into deeper and deeper relationship with spirituality, with life, and allow more fully that life force to flow through me in the way that it's meant to in its full expression. And so practices of spirituality, uh, I feel like, are all for me trying to harness and develop and learn and open and be humble to understanding and experiencing and feeling and intuiting and communing with this life force um, and allowing it to flow through me in a way in that way so in terms of practices um my, I think my the biggest gateway since I was a child. I've I've been I have like a contemplative journaling practice that I've been involved in for over 25 years now. I started journaling in grade four, and I didn't know it at that time. In grade four, like I'm gonna have a contemplative practice. But <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: that would have been impressive. Yeah.
5: No, well, the thing of what did happen is it it w- it came to me. Like I remember the exact moment there was a, a quote unquote voice or intuitive sense of you need to start writing, and so mm. I did. And now I understand why. As I've developed, it was a way to to deepen, to deepen into understanding myself. Um, And by understanding myself deeply, is understanding humanity. And that's a big part of my spiritual practice. So contemplative journaling. um, This has kind of started to evolve over over many years into movement, um, dance, and for me, direct connection, direct mystical uh, union. So connecting in with life force, connecting in with the different expressions that I relate to in terms of um, those in the unseen or life force or universe. Um, Yeah, so that's that's my entry point. And and the kind of solid line for me is like mystical direct union and expression of life force.
0: You know, another word often used with spirituality and life force and energy is the word truth.
5: Sure, you know, yes. and
0: people talk about you know I, I I need to be in touch with my true self, and I need to follow my truth. What What is your understanding of what that looks like in your journey, and the, and what what do you feel is the importance of truth being at central part of of anyone's spiritual journey?
5: Ooh, mm-hmm. just taking that in. Mm-hmm. Language can be funny. And, and I feel like it's a, for me it's important to kind of respond in this moment that truth can also be a very tricky thing because what we've seen through history is that people claiming certain truths and claiming that to a point of causing wars and, mm-hmm. um, and separation. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like I want to name that. And I know that's, that's not what you're meaning, but the quest for truth has led to a lot of disruption also. And so I'm just feeling into it in my body because my body is, and my somatic responses are my main way of connecting in any one moment. And yeah, truth niggles with me. It doesn't quite land for me. I I think what's, what's coming through in this moment, for me, what's important, rather than kind of honing in on an idea or a way of truth, is a way of how is it that I or we as humanity... Uh, life force, uh, God um, can come into deeper relationship uh, that's based in compassion and, and really respecting the beauty and the sovereignty of every being, not just other humans. So if I understand part of my spirituality to be about life force and part of my work is to learn how to allow that fully in the Shauna Jans form, then it also means I'm respecting the fact that when I look out my window, there's a beautiful willow tree here that's turning yellow. It still has some green leaves, and it's also a sovereign being expressing its full life force. And when I can see that and see that that expression of spirituality, of spirit being mirrored, how do I, how does that create the the atmosphere the 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 kindness the compassion and the deep relating and, and really seeing uh like i see you willow for the exquisiteness that you are as i continue to work on and fully allow the exquisiteness that is me because we are all life force
0: you know what i love the distinction you made there shauna is like truth is often it's easy to think of it as an individual pursuit like mm-hmm. i am i am right Mm-mm-mm. you know, or I feel right, or are, it's an almost an egoic thing. And perhaps, you know, you're sharing how that just didn't feel right for you. And then I loved how you went on and, and talked about truth in terms of an other's uniting kind of um, overarching um, value that we all share and makes us better. And I, I think, I think that's, that's a great more evolved way of looking at truth. Um, I that, love
5: the word, sorry, value. I mm-hmm. think that's it. It's like, what, when we, whatever our spirituality looks like for for each and every one of us, however we embody that, practice that, what are the set of values that it grounds us into?
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, I think that's that's a place like values of love, of compassion, of respect, um, of kindness, uh, you name it. Right, and mm-hmm. so that feels yeah, that feels like a beautiful entry point. What how, regardless of what your Uh, faith looks like how you express it what are the underlying values and do those values allow for a deeper love in our world
1: yeah and often when we talk about religion especially or spirituality and and those two terms can get intermingled but aren't necessarily the same thing but often when we speak of them it comes back to values like love and acceptance and togetherness yet we struggle with certain religions or expressions of religion, or those universal truths that are are um, kind of infringing on other people's values or freedoms, um, yes. and and we see that conflict happen, and and it's over the course of history is is often created issues, and and now it has affected people's ability to resonate with religion. And yes. even with spirituality, which yes. again, those things don't need to coexist. Perhaps. Um, so, wh- what is your what is your take on the, the the coexistence or the relationship between religion and spirituality? And can you have one without the other, or um, how how might those two show up? <laughs>
5: So I, just to locate myself, I do not have a personal um, experience. I did not grow up in any um, religion or religious faith-based tradition. Um, So I don't have that experience. However, I I would consider myself deeply spiritual. And and like I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, I mean, this is... We could there's so many entry points um when speaking about religion. I know that in my own healing work, uh, and it's still ongoing because of the history of um uh power in church and and church and state relationships and uh when religion has been taken into a power over form, uh, I, I and so which is imported in this word religion. Again, language is so interesting because we can say a word into a space and it's Mm -hmm. not just that word. It's the entire history and how people have related to that word and all the concepts and embodied somatic senses that come in. So I can sense in my own body, even though it's softening over time, that even the word religion can import like a real constriction in me, a a feeling of constriction of my life force or Mm -hmm. resistance. And so... I, th- I think, like ideally or fundamentally, uh, as you mentioned, values uh, are, are the common uh, like undercurrent between religion and spirituality in their true sense. I think in this moment, I'm taken back. I was on an ancestral pilgrimage in the summer, and I wasn't planned, but in the bigger sense, it totally was planned. I ended up at. Um, Hildegard de Bingen's uh, monastery in Germany, in Eastern Germany. And she was a Catholic saint, just a divine, effable woman who, ineffable woman who contributed so much to music and medicine and science and was a true mystic. And when I got to that place and tapped into the essence of Hildegard, I mean, that to me is the essence of spirituality and religion Uh, what the true meaning is. And to me, that's still connected to, here's a person who allowed, she would have framed it as God, who allowed the heart of Christ or God to come through her in a way, this life force is how I would uh, see it. Um, And to pour out of her in ways that were so generative, so creative, so loving, and who actually spoke out against power over dynamics that were happening in the church at that time. So that's that's what I'm seeing in this moment. I don't have a personal experience of my own lived life, but I do know it in terms of my own people and those who have been Catholic, those who have been Mennonite, those who wouldn't consider themselves uh, tied to any religion, but were more like earth-based or, or spiritual people.
1: So one of the reasons we came to you immediately when we wanted to have this conversation is because of that deep relationship relationship that you have with spirituality and it's it's beautiful and it's so expressive and you you really do a a wonderful job of illustrating it you ooze it (laughs) yeah (laughs) totally so i'm curious how for someone like myself or or definitely people listening who don't have that uh, relationship with spirituality how might people develop a further understanding of, of their own spirituality not yours of course but but their own and, and that awareness
0: See, and that's so crazy andrew and i always end up asking the same question but um i want to just add an appendix to his question yeah. because it's connected to it and and here it is is you know we had you on before um 20 episodes ago or, or whatever and you shared getting to a point where you didn't want to live anymore Yes, and, and, and the word that you've used maybe like 20 times in this short conversation is life force. And so it's like such a, such a beautiful sort of, um, um, uh, image? yeah, like an image or like comparison, you know, mm. to this point where you're at a point where it's like, you didn't want to have that, you know, life anymore. And now this, this life force and that's your spirituality. And perhaps the appendix to Andrew's question is how did you get from there to here? Um,
5: Great. Yes. Yes. Taking this all in. Uh, So a few responses to all of that, the book and the appendix. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, The Joseph Campbell thing comes through, follow your bliss. That comes through to me. It'd be follow what gives you a feeling of joy. So, for those who are seeking connection with something deeper or larger than themselves, my what I would feel is important is to follow what makes you feel vibrant.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Find the thing, the relationship, the creative expression, the prayer, the moment, the silence, whatever it is that brings you a spark of joy or vitality or just gives you a sense of expansion and follow that, follow that, follow that. So that would be my kind of very wide casting net of like, what, how do we find maybe our own spirituality that is meaningful to each one of us in an individual way. Now, what you bring up um, about So the time where I was feeling suicidal. And when I think about that, yes, in terms of life force, I was thinking about this. I think I anticipated that this might come up. This is beautiful because it means that uh, these kinds of questions allow me to further kind of mm, Mm -hmm. mulch and work with with these experiences in my own life. So thank you. Um, Life force can also be called power. And I think this is also what relates to religion and spirituality is that when people come into direct communion with that, which they understand as their God or as their divine or as a spirit, a spirit, however they name it, there's a, there's a a vitality and a life force that is power. It's coming into personal power and self-expression. So we can see how in history if that was considered dangerous, why religion turned into a power over to say you can't ter- connect directly. It has to be mediated through someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and then the final thing that's weaving through in mm-hmm. response is so in my coming to my experience of what might be called the dark night of the soul that I experienced in my late teens and early 20s where I was questioning my own life and and felt a lack of meaning, a lack of purpose, a lack of life force, very depressed. Um, you know, there's some medicine in that because if, this, if life force and coming to life force is coming into her own power, there's... And this may sound cliche, but these things are, they're there for a reason. Like you can't have light without the darkness, mm-hmm. right? Not to be totally binary about it, but I know in my experience, had I not dipped into that relationship with my own power and the power of even considering that I could end my own life force expression, there's actually, I hope this comes across okay, there's actually power there.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Right, that's that's a choice, Mm -hmm. and I know this can be. This is a very tender subject, and respect to all of those who have had a relationship with suicide or who have had someone die by suicide. It's heart heartbreaking, and in my own understanding and in my own spiritual path, that experience gleaned for me uh, more depth and an understanding of what it was like to not only not be in my life force, but to also consider the power I could have by ending that life force, which has allowed me to more, I think, to now relate to my life force in its abundant vital expression in a way that maybe I wouldn't have totally recognized or appreciated had I not had that other experience Mm -hmm. of lack. Mm -hmm. So it was like in the yearning for the thing I did not have, you come to know that thing even more. Oh,
0: beautiful,
1: yeah, that's stunning. Um, and you did a, a a very lovely job of of touching on all points of of you know your own experience, but also the experience that others may have had. And, and it, it undoubtedly there's a lot of pain in in your own and and in that of others.
0: Yeah, um, no, thank thank you so much for sharing that. Shauna, um, I think Thank that's for so true. Um, just that light and dark and that, um, you know, and you brought up, you know, you, you talked about ending your life. You talked to and, and death is a word that often is connected to religion, especially. But it's yes. funny in the spiritual discussion that we've had today, not one of our guests brought up the word death. Mm. It's almost like that word is in is like it's more religiousy, you know, because religion has a lot more to perhaps gain from it. <laughs> or lose from it, depending on mm-hmm. depending on the theology that's being promoted, and I just love how today the discussion has been more about our life today because growing up my it was all concerned about what, what happens after life right and, and right now this this whole discussion today is about like what happens right now and in yes. this moment, and I think the world is even moving into that conversation as as we say we're going more post church and it's more post death and maybe pro life Mm-hmm. Um, which, which I think is exactly where we need to be. And when I say pro-life, I mean like pro-life <laughs> in terms of um, <laughs> we, pro-living and pro-life force. Yeah,
5: yes, I think we, yes,
1: we got gotcha. you. I figured we, yeah, <laughs> but it is a, a it loaded... is a very loaded word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The
5: power of language. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'm just I'm I'm still enamored with with your senses of spirituality and how you've developed that maybe as a closing question, how would you like to see your sense of spirit, spirituality further develop as, as you move forward in this life?
5: Yeah, this is, it's actually tender for me because I think I'm more on a mystical path for, for my spirituality and I've been, um, scared really actually to fully step into that mm-hmm. and to claim that and what that would mean for my life and lifestyle and not you know I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go into a nunnery or anything like it's it's just not gonna be a hermit style but what I'm what I've been grappling with lately is that I and I want to say it's, it's not even it's not even really a choice it's like it's, it's my soul's path and that feels right and good it doesn't make it easy Um, But the deeper I come into relationship with spirit and with those that support me in the unseen realm um, that I relate to. And the more that I open up to fully embody the vitality and the, and the unique life expression and life force that's meant to come through this body at this time, it's, it's a bit paradoxical. It's like the the deeper I get in love with life and the deeper relate, like relationally i get with all of life and people and earth and all of it and the more difficult it becomes to be in and of this place at the same time it's it's hard to put into words mm-hmm. because it's like this deepening and this love and to, i want to be of service and i want to you know we're living in dire times we're you know our world has so much suffering in it it always has yes but there's a it's different we're we're experiencing suffering at a different level and capacity than we, I think, we ever have in humanity in the scale of it. And so, it's kind of this heart wrenching, like deepening into ecstatic mystical communion, while at the same time deepening into the utter like heartbreak and necessity of of really showing up um, to be of service and having difficulties. Just kind of being in the day to day in and of life, like um, it's like I get I I get more and more sensitive, and so it's this leaning in, but also like ugh, like it's it's a balance, and I'm not sure if I'm explaining that very well, but that's that's what's on my heart, and that's what's my edge right now, and I continue leaning in because there's faith there, there's faith that this is this is where I'm meant to be. I'm, and I'm going to continue opening up to that life force that is meant to come through me. And that doesn't always make it easy. And it doesn't always make it connective on some levels. And yet it's deeply and profoundly connective on others.
0: It, it almost made sounded like, Jana, you, you feeling this, this draw, this um, desire to be in this realm, this spiritual realm, or this, this, this place, but you're needed still over here where it's not, where it's not so great and where there's a lot of suffering and that pull you know wanting to be over here but then you have to step outside of that to be back over here where where the world needs where where the world needs shauna sure and, and feeling is that kind of what you're trying to say it's
5: it's it's similar i think you know um it's moved a bit more. It's shifted. I would say that was more my experience. I this, That deep yearning to just be in spirit realm has been something that has definitely informed much of my life. And a lot of my work has been about how to become more fully here and present and embodied. And it's it's actually a beautiful moment right now to hear you say that back to me, John, and to actually have it not as resonant as it would have been, let's say, 10 years ago or even five years ago. Hmm. Because there's been enough, uh, whatever, healing work, support, grace, uh, that being fully in spirit realm, for me, there's no difference now. It's really been shown to me, like, being here in this form is spirit. There's no separation. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm I'm just uh, – grateful for this moment because that reflection back in this moment, I'm recognizing that would have been much more resonant that yearning to be somewhere else rather than incarnate would have been super resonant at a different time in my life. And now it's not quite, it's not quite the, the reflection and it's, and so that's, that's a reflection to me in this moment that, um, that I've evolved. I've been continuing my path. Mm-hmm. So thank you.
0: So <laughs> awesome. Yeah.
1: And one of the things I heard you say was faith in where you are right now. And for this conversation about spirituality and religion, Mm -hmm. that faith is a, is a very different one than perhaps our, in our history we've understood faith to be. Um, and I, I find it, um, freeing and, and progressive and, Mm. um, uh, yeah I just I appreciate a a lot of what uh everything that you've brought and and a lot of the ideas and 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 thoughts that that you continue to to bring to us and um yeah I just want to show that gratitude for for everything that you've given and and uh and everything that you'll continue to give
5: thank you it's been such a pleasure and I I really do these conversations are are good for me because I (laughs) otherwise it's just me and my journal sometimes right (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) so uh, this is lovely this is this is good for me Um, and I appreciate I appreciate this Mm -hmm.
0: well we we appreciate your perspective so much and so um, yeah expect to you know let's get together and and chat even when we're not recording (laughs) we'd love to hear we'd love to continue the conversation so
1: absolutely beautiful thanks for coming on thank you yeah pleasure well that's the episode thanks for tuning in everyone If you liked what you heard here, check out the website.
0: ObstacleCoursePodcast.com. That's where you can subscribe, check out the show notes. If we had one request, we'd ask you to leave us a kind review and perhaps share this episode. It's not because we have fragile egos. Well. But because we want other great people like you to benefit. Speaking of great people, we have a list of people we want to thank.
1: We've got our senior technical advisor, Andy Robertson. Our media partner and web designer, Sticky Media. And of course our host and snack coordinator, Judy Langford. Oh, peanut butter cookies. You can continue the conversation on Instagram and Facebook at Obstacle Course Podcast and on Twitter at Obstacle Pod. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Keep pushing through those obstacles.